Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Uh, my name is Tony Curran. With me this week to look back at a busy Saturday at the KG5 and chat about everything else um, going on in local football is Gareth Leprevo. Hi, Tony. And James Faller. Hi, Tony. There it goes. Um, it is absolutely Baltic in the Guernsey Press offices today. The heating is broken on the first cold day of the year. Unlike the KG5, where it was actually in, uh, very pleasant for a majority of uh, Saturday. Well, we should have recorded this then, I think. Um, I've got the jacket on. Jim, you've got the, uh, the, the sort of puffer or thin puffer jacket and hat. Gareth, you've just gone for the Gili. I've got my golf gilet on that was about the one thing in my car i could put on that i needed extra but i've got the shivers more than anything else the hard man of the guernsey press football podcast <laughs> no I'll, I'll leave that for someone else I think. <laughs> um right let's talk about the action then because um yeah it was back-to-back games at the kg5 that's where the focus was with um certainly with gfc's game um called off well, nice and early this time um We'll start with the the humdinger, uh, Rovers for North two, um, the champions closing the gap uh, on uh, leaders Velrec to two points. Um, I think, well, you guys both saw both games. Um, Jim, let me come to you first. Uh, what do you make of, of what you saw? Yeah, what a humdinger. Um, I mean, I did intend to stay for, for the game, but uh, the first seven minutes, I think Rovers did score twice and could have scored four times. And uh, you know, it was a blistering start uh, from them, really meant business. And, and to be honest, the game didn't really uh, dip from that uh, from that high standard. The, the biggest surprise of it all was really that Rovers didn't score more goals. Yeah, how did you see the game, Graf? Well, yeah, like Jim said, Rovers should have scored an absolute hatful. So looking back on it afterwards, looking through my notes, the amount of chances they created and really good chances as well. It wasn't sort of half chances or anything like that. Um, you have to give Ollie Miller, the goal, the young North goalkeepers, a lot of credit for some of the saves he made. They were they were very good reactionary saves. But um, yeah, and the one other thing I, I sort of wrote down rel- relatively early on, sort of midway through the first half, was um, Rovers are right on this, and basically they are causing they are posing a threat every time they went forward. They they looked really dynamic. Uh, Max Simpson Cohen was looking well up for this game. Martin Savadon produced some great runs. I thought Charlie Platt was excellent. And in general play, I thought Shea Goddard was very good. He just must be wondering now how he didn't score, to be honest, because um, very early on in the second half, when they were already 3-0 up, um, he, he had a decent chance, which he sort of basically grazed the post. He tried to place it, and it was a very good effort. He just, just went wide. And I think after that, he just probably thought, right, I'm going to make sure I get get every shot on target, which he pretty much did. It's just Ollie Miller was in the way every single time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of... It was a very entertaining game. In terms of the result, I think 4-2 pretty much flattered North, to be honest, because Rovers probably, on if you had expected goals in the Prio League, they probably had an expectation of about eight goals in that game because they created so many good chances. And um, uh, as I said to Kevin Gillies afterwards, I, just they sort of approached that game with a bit of a champion's mentality that you could tell that they want to sort of make a bit of a statement early on in the, in the new year, and, and they did just that. Well, let's hear what the Rovers coach had to say. Well, Kev, um, well done on the win. Um, what was your assessment of the performance? Um, yeah, I thought it was a typical game coming back after the Christmas break, you know, littered with mistakes. But ultimately, I fully deserved the win. And I was, I was pleased in the end. You know, I thought we uh, played really well. Should have been more comfortable. You know, fair play to the uh, their young keeper. He, some of the saves he made were outstanding. And I don't know how many it was. It must have been, must have been six or seven. I know we had four from Shea alone, so... Um, but you know we're creating the chances, and um, it's a massive three points for us. Yeah, I was going to say if on expected goals, you probably won by that by a street. But anyway, um, does it sort of, in a game like that, does it help to sort of get that sort of two 0 lead so early as well? Yeah, massively. Um, we know 
games against North can change so quick. Mm. You know, we said at half time, even at 3 0 up, you know, one goal on this pitch and the whole the whole 90 minutes has changed well yeah. the whole next 45's changed so uh, I thought we dealt with it well you know I was a bit nervous whenever they got the penalty yeah. but fair play to Adam he uh, he done the business um, yeah and I thought we, see, we, we saw the game out quite well um, plenty to work on but delighted to get that three points yeah um, you said before the game we told me before the game that you had a couple of illnesses late on as well so you sort of miss it did that um, bring Niall into the starting line today was he was he going to start because obviously it's all a bit of a change with GFC being off as well and, and you losing a couple more players on the day yeah I mean unusually I still had my team until this morning because I knew I was still waiting on a couple I knew James Grundy wasn't very well so I was waiting for confirmation from him and Blair so uh yeah, you take them two out the middle and obviously with George filling in at right back at the moment, we thought it was a good opportunity to put Nigel in there and just uh well Niall, sorry, and uh just give us a bit of stability. Yeah. And I thought I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. Yeah, I thought sort of across the park you, you had some good performances, yeah. but certainly your front three well no I'll say four as well, with Shea as well, yeah. caused them a lot of problems. Yeah, and um yeah, we spoke about it before that you know we can always feel like if we can nick balls mm. in that area, especially with Charlie and the number 10 and Shea, you know, they move around so much yeah. that they're hard to keep hold of. So uh, we always found any loose balls and Simpo, Max was on it today, uh, tonight, you know, so anything breaking, he was he was all over that and Savs as well, you know, couldn't ask much more apart from a goal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in terms of sort of like the mentality, you showed, I just watching that game, I had the feeling you looked like sort of champions in terms of the confidence you showed in, in a big game. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, again, we spoke before and said last season was a bit of a turning point for us. You know, we started winning these games and we looked like the, 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 the team that that should be winning the games, you know, and especially when you are, you know, when you're at the top, you're there to be shot at. And this um, is how you deal with it. You know, and we were a little bit, little bit naive at the start of the season, but we're starting to come into our own now. And, yeah. uh, you know, we've got a massive couple of months um, and so plenty more performances like that. Yeah, it's sort of great times to now start building momentum, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stranger Cup, uh, something you want to target as well? Yeah, look, you know, anything we enter, we want to we want to go as far as we can. You know, uh, it's, it's a good opportunity to get players minutes as well. Um, obviously, we got to the final last year, didn't win it, so that's always in the back of your mind. You know, you'd love to put it right, um, but you know, any 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 game we're in involved in any competition now as a club we want to be going as far as we can and and, and win a silverware kevin gilly's you there gareth um in terms of the title race then um rec gonna be looking over their shoulder now it's, it's tightening up at the top i think they should be i haven't seen rec for a while but i mean what, what was impressing me early in the season was that how well they were set up tactically to deal with the better sides uh and so they uh, they did a number on rovers twice i think so far this season um the way Rovers played uh, on Saturday, you know, nobody's going to be doing a number on them. But I, I you know, still think, I still believe that while I think the title race is a two-horse race, to be brutally honest, I think there's an awful lot of teams that can that can damage other teams in in the mix here. You know, I think you don't write off Sylvans now. Uh, certainly uh, after Saints' performance on Saturday, you don't write them off. So yeah, at North, you know, you never quite know if you'll you get something out of North. And I think teams will take points off other of other teams. It's just really about with Wreck and, and Rovers, what they can do for themselves. Yeah, let's turn to that other game on Saturday and potentially that other side in the title race uh, or on the fringes of the title race now, um, Saints. Uh, comfortable winners over Alderney and it was pretty much done and dusted quite early, wasn't it? It very much was. So, I mean, Saints were 2-0 up inside the opening six minutes and uh, 
they throughout that first half they just showed their class against a against an ordinary side who let's face it were missing sort of their best best player in Josh Concanon as well as sort of several other players as well so um, it was one of those if ordinary could keep it tight for for perhaps the first half or the first hour or so then it, they might cause some nerves in the Saints camp but when Nigel Hutton put Saints ahead within the first couple of minutes, you you just knew that um, it was going to be three points for for Saints, and um, yeah, they they were um, just. Uh just by far the better side in, in that particular game. Because their last league game before that was a 6-0 defeat at the hands of Sylvans. Um, uh, Leo Meekin's first game back in charge. And it's a sense that he's kind of yeah, starting to get his teeth into it. Well, I, th- I mean, they, they were the better side. I mean, obviously, that, that game against Sylvans was not marred, but that was when Jason Martin got sent off early in the first half. So they were down to 10 men having lost their keeper. Um, against Alderney, they proved themselves to be the better side. Um, one person I mentioned to Leon after the game was uh, Fraser McGuinness, who I thought was really impressive. But he's only he's at university, so he's only back for sort of the Christmas period. Um, they, they've they've got some decent players, Saints, and certainly mathematically, they're sort of like they are in, in the title race. Um, but I'm a bit of Jim's um, thoughts here that I, I think that the champions will be either Valrec or Rovers, from what I've seen, certainly of late. Well, Saints could well have a say. Let's hear what their coach, Leo Meakin, had to say at full time. Well done on the on the thank first you. one of the, of the year. Yeah, <laughs> so, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, your assessment of that performance? Uh, yeah, I was pretty pleased, to be honest. Um, we've not had much football in the last two or three months, so... Um, I thought we played pretty well, considering uh, we haven't had much football. Um, the boys, you know, the five goals we scored, I thought we worked them all really well. Our levels dropped off second half massively, but I think the game was one at half time and kind of went through the motions of it. Um, as it happens, you don't play for three months, and we've probably got three games in a week, so it's important to make sure we got we, we got through the ninety minutes uh, without injuries and got everybody a game. So yeah, no, really pleased. Yeah, on those sort of games where you're sort of expected to win, no disrespect to anybody, and. Um, in those sort of games, though, is it, is it easy, does it make it a lot easier when you score an early goal and get settled, sort of like third minute you're taking the lead? Yeah, I, I mean, looking at the results they've had on the, the 3G, I mean, they've, they've played here quite a bit this season because obviously they've come over and their results have been pretty good. So, um, I, you know, we talked about it before the game that it was important to start well, make sure we got the first goal and then we could build from there. And having scored two in the first five minutes, I think that, that set us up nicely for the game and, and we controlled it from start to finish. Yeah. Like you say, you've got a, another test coming. Quick turnaround now, all yeah. of a sudden. Um, it'd be a very different test against North. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm pleased that they're playing as well today. <laughs> and they're not coming fresh, but then you never know. They might, they, you know, it could be a rusty, ring rust as well uh, if you don't play. So uh, I'm going to stick around, watch them play. I'm looking forward to, to playing North um, on Tuesday if, if the weather's kind to us. Uh, it should be a good game. From a sort of coaching point of view, just in terms of the way the league's uh, the season's structured, you've got these couple of games, then you've got the sort of like the, the Stranger Cup breaking up the league season do you sort of look at this as right this is a really important period for the league to make sure we're on a high sort of when with this break coming up yeah absolutely every game so important um you kind of see the way that the league spread it's almost two halves uh so it's it's really important to pick up as many points as you can when you do play um with another league game and then a, a you know a couple of cup games it gives us an opportunity to try a few different things in the cup the way that that's structured with uh, that league format in the stranger uh, we've got players returning from injury, so it's important for them. But, you know, we can only look at what one game at a time in today's game. Then we move on to the next league game. Hopefully we'll pick up another three points um, and then we can think about the Cups again. Yeah.
Leo Meekin speaking to there, uh, Gareth. Um, so we've got a couple of Prio games uh, midweek. Um, well, two Grand Fort games. North hosts Saints uh, on Tuesday night and Rec hosts Bells. So two of those sides in the top three in action um, in midweek before attention turns to the Stranger Cup. <laughs> You'd hope for Bells' sake that that game does go ahead because you look at the league table, they've played <laughs> six games and they've played one game since the 21st of October in the Prio League. So... <laughs> You'd probably suggest they'll go into that game a bit undercooked. Well, they did have an hour at the track until the floodlights went down uh, a few yeah, weeks yeah. later. But yeah, I mean, that's a team that hasn't played for a long time. Um, before we leave the weekend action, a um, quick word about uh, the man in the middle um, in the uh, Rovers North game. I guess if uh, this is match of the day too, um, Luke Pattermore could have, could have had his own sort of too good, too bad. <laughs> Highlight, highlights real, yeah. yeah. But um, Jim, uh, by all accounts, he did a really good job uh, Well, up until the 92nd minute. Yeah, I thought he was... Uh, Superb, actually. I mean, on a, on a, in a game, uh, you know, a high octane game where everybody was bussing around. I mean, the pace that the North uh, Rovers game was played at was uh, was extreme for a, a large proportion of the game, uh, and I thought he you know, managed it really well. Um, two great advantages for Rovers' second and, and fourth goals. Uh, the fourth one, particularly when he went back to um, book Ryan Lamb for a foul on the halfway line. Uh, he just he. Calm assurance kind of thing. You know, nothing seemed to phase him. Like I say, the game was tempestuous, but not out of control. And I'm sure that the referee had a part to play uh, in that. Uh, I must say, I didn't see his bad moment, though. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd left to put the tee on with, with five minutes to go and missed quite a lot of action as it goes. Even in the last five minutes, he had quite a lot to do because he, he had a, a penalty to award, which was it was a pretty obvious sort of foul. It was, it was a bit of a comical scenario in itself when Rovers tried to clear the ball and it hit one of their own players and sort of gave, gave North a chance and uh, Adam Bullock brought down Joe Alvarez but then redeemed himself by saving saving Joe's penalty and then yeah funnily enough the the second north goal which came in stoppage time was a very bizarre goal in itself when a, a very long throw from Jake Helmy launched from almost on the halfway line sort of like just evaded everyone and I think Adam Bullock was just taken by surprise when it sort of got to him and he, he felt he had to deal with it ends up sort of getting a touch on it as it goes in the net, which, of course, if it, if it had let it be, it would have been just a, a goal kick. So, um, yeah, it was all a bit... Uh, it all finished in a bit of a flourish as well. And then um, all of a sudden, you noticed that someone was down in the middle of the pitch and it was the referee and he was needing help from, from players of both sides for, for a touch of cramp. And uh, I think that the two coaches, after a couple of minutes, thought, well, there's only 30 seconds of play left and they shook hands and the players were leaving the, the ground pretty much while Luke Passmore was still still in the middle of the pitch getting some treatment. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a strange way to end a, a very good contest. But, uh, yeah, like uh, Jim said, I thought Luke had a, had a good day up until that point. Well, I hope Patty's not still there. It's always, I think, when you get a double header, like, you know, obviously we're not going to get them now with the Stranger Cup with the decision made not to play those games uh, on the 3G. But back-to-back games on the KG, and I think there is something a little bit special about an evening, an early evening atmosphere at the KG5 under the lights. It's just, you know, it, it seems to work. Yeah, good crowd, everybody seems to uh, enjoy it. And it's just you know, something about it, I think, is a winner. Yeah, they might need to start an, uh, the game perhaps at four o'clock because a lot of people wanted to go off to their club's meat drawers at six. So they have to get that timing a bit better perhaps. But uh, no, it was it was actually a good day. It obviously helped that the weather on Saturday was actually really pleasant um, for a, for the first Saturday in January. It was a, it was a nice day and uh, 
there, there was a decent crowd of them for sort of Sylvan's Ordinary. No disrespect, you wouldn't have thought that one would have brought that many people to the KG5, but there was quite a lot there. And uh, yeah, and there was another good crowd for the for the second game, and they got uh, their their full desserts for coming out with a really good contest. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, two pre league games, as we say, in midweek: um, North against Saints and Rec against Bells on Tuesday night. Um, and then it's uh, yeah, attention on the Stranger Cup, which gets underway this weekend. Two games on Friday night: Bells against Saints, uh, and then Guernsey's under 18s get their campaign underway against Rangers at the KG5. And then on Saturday, it's Rovers against North again and Rec Silver. Um, Jim, you've got the under-18 squad in front of you. Um, obviously, there's always a lot of interest in how they get on and how they shape up. Um, yeah, what stands out? Well, it's quite a lot of experience in that squad. And I think the fact they're playing Rangers first, who, of course, will be decimated by losing half their team to the under-18 squad, uh, could be the kind of start that they need. Last year, the group... Um, uh, played their first game against Rovers and got blitzed and then things didn't get much better after that. Having said that, they went on to win the Marathi, so uh, you never can tell. Um, the, uh, the, the squad is dominated by, uh, as you'd expect, Sylvans, Rangers and Saints under-18s. I noticed that Geordie uh, Kelly was there on Saturday afternoon. I wondered which ordinary players he was looking at, but uh, uh, it turns out I think he was watching Alex Ward, Charlie Coleman and... Um, uh, Rio Bowdish particularly from uh, from Saints uh, Rio particularly had a, had a good game um the uh, there's three under 16s in the in the squad as well Emerson Nobes uh, of Sylvans and Sam Cooley and Harry Johns from North um I I expect that they will uh, you know they will be pretty competitive but you know it I would like to see I know, obviously, you're Geordie running for the stranger for the first time. A bit more structure in what they're actually doing. Last year, it kind of looked like they were just making it up as they went along. Hopefully, this group is a bit more advanced this time round, and they'll actually be playing a formation or whatever that that you know, means something uh, for them as they go forward uh, on on the route to Interinsula. Yeah, of course. The, yeah, the under 18s um, won the competition, didn't they, a couple of years ago? So, um, yeah, we'll see how they go. Um, and we'll have full coverage, uh, of course, uh, in the press. Um, right, let's talk about uh, some of our players, or, well, some of our under 18s who've um, gone away uh, in recent years and in our sort of, well, weekly Bristol City slot, because um, uh, lots to talk about uh, as ever. Um, first, though, I've got to mention Alex Scott uh, in the FA Cup, Jim, putting your QPR to the sword. Yeah, yeah, he made a, <laughs> uh, he made a significant contribution, I noticed, as we. Uh, contrived to shoot ourselves in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest surprise was finding out we were 2-0 up at half-time. <laughs> Less of a surprise to find out you lost in the end. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah Bournemouth uh, into the hat for the fourth round. Um, uh, well, it was a good weekend for Bristol City. They got one all draw uh, against West Ham uh, in their uh, third round tie. Um, now, if you read the back of the press on Saturday uh, when when the paper was put to bed on Friday night, uh, we'd uh, heard from Brian Tinia. We're going to hear from him in a moment. But yeah, there was uh, games lined up for Ben Acey um, returning uh, for the under-21s and for Jack Griffin, who was um, due to go straight into the under-18s uh, game for Bristol City at the weekend. As it turns out, um, by all accounts, Jack's paperwork didn't get through in time. Um, so yeah, he could be involved for their under-18s this midweek in the FA Youth Cup. And for Ben AC, disappointment in that the uh, Bristol City's under-21 um, game against Spurs uh, was postponed because of a waterlogged pitch. Um, again, uh, he'll hope to be in action this midweek, um, coming back from a, an injury um, that's kept him out for a little while. As I say, we caught up with Brian Tinian, Bristol City's technical director and the man um, kind of at the centre of that link, uh, certainly as far as the Robins is concerned, with Guernsey FC, um, just to get an update on, uh, well, how Ben AC and Tim Apshon are progressing with 
their uh, injury struggles and also to talk about Jack Griffin, who, of course, has just made the move over there. Let's start with Jack, though, uh, Brian, if we can, because, um, yeah. yeah, obviously, it's sort of the man of the moment here as far as, uh, as, far as football's concerned. Um, yeah. Just just give us a sense of how, how pleased you are um, to, to get him uh, over there and, and in that environment. Yeah, really pleased. He's been over and trained um, over here with the 18s and 21s um, twice. He's had two-week um, trials and trained and played in some games, and he's done really well. He's He's got loads of development. His attitude's absolutely spot on. Uh, Tony Vanter spoke really well of him. Um, he's obviously scored a couple of goals for the Guernsey first team now, so really pleased of um, the sort of character and the sort of player we wanted this football club, young player, so he fits in perfectly for, for to what we do and he'll he'll get every opportunity here to develop and uh, see how far he can go. Yeah, fantastic. Just, I mean, immediately, where, where does he sort of slot in and, and where will his opportunities come? He'll come into our under-18 squad to start with. He'll be involved on, we've got a game tomorrow against um, Bournemouth, which he'll be in the squad tomorrow. So he'll be straight in. He'll be getting game time. And um, and we, we do, we're quite fluid in between our 18s and 21s training together. So he'll train some time with the 21s and, and then we'll just see how he progresses. And um, it'll be over to him then on how well he does is where where he ends up and just to um to to come on to the other guys um that you've yeah. got there the other Guernsey guys Ben and Tim obviously um we've spoken about them before um yeah. I, I understand they've both had injury troubles um uh, yeah Tim has uh well had a serious injury didn't he last season yeah. um which he fought back from but I, I gather it has, has suffered a bit of a setback can you just give us an update on on how the two of them are getting on yeah, Tim Tim was started last season absolutely fantastically. He scored a hat trick in one of our first 18s games um, and was playing really well, but unfortunately did his um did his cruciate. Um he's come back again this season and again looked really strong playing in the uh, the 18s and he's had a bit of a, a meniscus problem in his knee where he's he's had operated again. So hopefully we can get Tim back now. We've given him an extra year, so he, he was a two year scholar, so we've given him a, a pro contract now, so He's got another year next year now to to get the injury problems out of the way and then he'll be with our under-21s next year to hopefully, fingers crossed, get away from the injuries, train well and play well because he's got all the attributes we're looking for as a, in a striker, Tim. Yeah, brilliant. And do you think we'll see him back on a pitch before the end of this season? We could. We could, yes. Um, we won't rush him because we want to make sure this time when he comes back he's um, he's fully wound up and he's all the problems are beyond him. So... But if the if the medical team are happy and we can get a game or two before the end of the season, then yes, that would be great for him mentally and great for us to see him back on the pitches. Yeah, that's really good to hear. As you say, I suppose injuries are part of football, but for a young player um, yeah. going over there with all the, the hope in the world to, to kind of to make their way in the game, um, yeah. the, looking after him must be a big part of, of, of kind of what you do as a, as a club now. Yeah. Well, yeah, as soon as he, as soon as he got the uh, cruciate injury in his, in his first year, the scholar, I, I got him straight in and said, look, We'll give you another year now. I'll give you another year because we've seen enough. You've been great. And this is going to be a knockback. But we're going to try and help that process by giving you, telling you now that you'll get another year. So he's got that. And hopefully that will settle him down. And when he comes back, he's fit and strong because he spent a lot of time in the gym. So he looks a good shape and he looks a good size. and He's got all the attributes that we look for in a, in a forward player. So we've still got high hopes for Tim. Yeah, great stuff. And what, what about Ben AC? I mean, he was involved heavily, wasn't he, with the uh, the 21s um, yeah. last season, but we haven't seen much of him in, in recent times. Is he uh, yeah, Is he back yeah, in the fold? He's had, a, he's had an injury, he's had a hip injury, which has dragged on and on longer than we, we initially thought. He's in the team tomorrow to play at Spurs in our 21s. 
So that's good news. He's back fit and he's trained now for a period of time. So if the uh, if weather permitting, he'll be back in the team against um, Spurs in the Premier League Cup tomorrow. Oh, that's great news. And yeah. if, as far as he's concerned, um, yeah, you hope he'll be kind of heavily involved then the rest of the season and, and that's sort of behind yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He's got this season left, Ben. So we need to get him fit and playing and then we'll see where he is by the um, by the end of the season and how his development is looking. But it's good to have him back on the pitch tomorrow. Well, that's good to hear. And just in terms of the, how the whole kind of relationship has developed between Bristol City and Guernsey, I mean, obviously... Um, you know, you've been happy with how things have gone. You know, Alex Scott is probably an outlier, isn't he, in terms of, of where he's got onto so quickly. But um, to, to kind of pick up Jack and, and look at him and, and, and think that there's another opportunity there to get someone over, um, you must be kind of, as a club, quite pleased with the, with the relationship you've got here. Yeah, really pleased. I've had a relationship with Tony Vance for the last five, six years. We loaned a few players to Guernsey. Cam Pring, who's, who's one of the outstanding players in our team now, um, spent a bit of time in Guernsey on loan, the left-back, so... Yeah, I've got a really good relationship with Tony. There's a lot of trust there. He comes over and watches us train. And um, yeah, once he recommends someone, then then we listen and we go and watch him and we get him over. And we hope that continues for the for the long term. We're, we're a football club that likes to give our young players an opportunity. We want to be a club that gets our academy players and, and young players through into the first team. So I'm not sure there's going to be a, a better place for them to come. And as you say, Alex came and absolutely hit the ground running and never looked back, to be honest. And um, now watching him score in the Premier League is a really proud moment for the football club as well as it is for Guernsey Football Club in the island. Yeah, what was that like for you, uh, kind of seeing seeing him kind of hit the ground running in the Premier League? I, I'd imagine not a surprise when you know uh, him so no, well. Definitely not. You could see he was going to be a, a top, top player pretty quickly. You know, when he came over in trial and he played in a game for us, he scored a hat-trick, a header, a left foot, and right foot. You thought, wow, this boy can play. But to be honest, we never never in your wildest dreams did we think he'd progress so quickly and, and so well into our team and be so so good, really. And it hasn't surprised anybody that he's gone to Bournemouth and, and took them same steps and he's going to be a, a top, top Premier League player and he'll play for one of the top six, I'm sure. Oh, great stuff. And any chance of any players coming this way, Brian? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tony keeps saying about if we can loan a few when he's had a few injuries. And he keeps saying we'd have a good team if we yeah. can keep taking all the players off him. So, um, yeah, I'll be here for Tony. If he needs anything, we can help. We can certainly help him, yeah. That's encouraging. That's great. Oh, well, thanks so much for your time, Brian. Appreciate you um, sparing five minutes. And, um, yeah, all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. Bristol City Technical Director Brian Tinian um, speaking to me last week. So we'll uh, yeah, keep track of, of how uh, uh, Ben and Jack get on this midweek and, uh, of course, wish uh, Tim all the best for his continuing recovery. Uh, I think that's just about it from us this week. Anything else worth adding? Talking about under-18s, uh, funnily enough, I was chatting with our colleague Rob Batis the other day. He was looking through old papers. As the, he always is. And we found, yeah, indeed. And we found the uh, Gothia Cup squad, I think, for 2017. Uh, Charlton Gobine was in it uh, but interesting to see how many of those that group of players are still playing football in Guernsey today uh, and it doesn't make for a particularly pleasant reading I reckon there's says Charlton uh, one two other guys perhaps playing prior football and a couple of guys playing a little bit lower down the leagues and yeah most of everybody else disappeared and that's uh, you know still a big worry for football you know absolutely any other sport would would kill to have the opportunity to have so many kids coming in uh, at, at an early level, uh, and yet you know we're, we're so 
poor at holding on to them um, as as they as they grow older. It's uh, it is a real frustration. But when you see you know lads who are considered to be elite at the age of fourteen, fifteen, um, you know, uh, f- what five six years down the road are gone. <laughs> not, not, not an optimistic note to finish on. Well, let's hope, uh, Jim, that that uh, can be changed uh, over the coming years. I gather well, it's always been an issue, hasn't it? But um, well, on a positive note, the weather does seem to be, or did seem to be improving, although we've now potentially got some snow on the way. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, but hopefully, we'll get some football this week. Um, GFC uh, are on the road against Badshot Lee on Saturday. Badshot Lee, I'm sort of mid table in Isthmian South Central. So, I'm sure we'll have a preview of that in the paper later this week. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks to Rio and Sun um, for their support of the show. And uh, if you want to support what we're doing here at the Gansey Press, the best way to do that is to pick up a paper um, six days a week um, where you'll find the very best local sports coverage. Um, thanks. Uh, see you next week. <laughs>